And I want to start off with the thought that this compassion, compassion, it changes us, you know? The synonyms for compassion I looked up this morning as I was doing the final touches here. And I found more than I expected. Sympathy, empathy, fellow feeling, care, concern, sensitivity, warmth, love, tenderness, mercy, leniency, tolerance, kindness, humanity, charity, compassion. No wonder it changes us. As does the opposite, which is listed as being indifferent or cruel. Now, at the outset of these comments, let me say that I have no political agenda here, none. It may be Pride Sunday, a day that we celebrate how a community has worked to overcome the indifference of others and too often the cruelty of others, only to celebrate the growing welcoming and acceptance, such as we know here for all, or as the UCC says, whoever you are and wherever you may be on your journey, you are welcome here. So I have no political agenda on this, and nor am I suggesting that any one person in government from either party needs more compassion. I think they all do. Do you agree? So that said, let's think about compassion as an expression of the heart, a sometimes surprising and life-changing expression. As was Jesus' instruction to not send the masses away, but to serve them a meal, a surprising and life-changing expression of compassion, having their friends in, so to speak, sharing a meal. And this act of compassion is one of the few stories that shows up in all of the synoptics. The synoptics, the word in Greek means seen together, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's why we call them the synoptics, because we see them together. But this is one of only a few stories that shows up in the synoptics and John. However, the story is told four times in different ways about feeding 5,000 and two additional times about feeding 4,000. Could you press the next slide, please, Connie? And there's where in the Bible, in the New Testament, we have Matthew with the 5,000, and then just a couple of chapters later, there he is again with the 4,000. And then Mark has two stories, a 5,000 and a 4,000. And Luke has 5,000, and John has 5,000. So the story is important. It's told so many times. There must be something about feeding the masses out of an act of compassion that Jesus felt, a compassion that reflected, we might say, how God felt and still feels about those who are hungry tired, poor, lonely, imprisoned, or with less than anyone should have. 
This morning's reading in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13, 21 begins with, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Then he went ashore. He saw a great crowd and had compassion on them and healed their sick, followed by the feeding of 5,000. The reference, the reference to, and when Jesus heard this, has to do with the fact, according to Matthew, that Jesus had just heard of the execution of his cousin, John the Baptist. He was grieving, I'm sure, grieving deeply, and maybe even a bit concerned and frightened by the death of his cousin at the hands of Herod. So he did what we all do to some degree when we experience a loss. We get some time away. We find a place to be still, to try and tune everything out and reassess and pray and try and understand how it's going to be possible to go on. In this story, the quiet place was in a boat on the water. I know there are people here who know about the quiet on a boat in the water. And in other stories, it's up in the mountains or it's in the desert, that being a place deserted by people. Now, when Jesus eventually comes ashore, still in shock, still in grief, the echoes of prayer all about him, from his time away, he saw the people. He saw the masses yearning, and he had compassion on them. He had compassion on the people seeking for a better life, for healing both in and out. And he had compassion not from a distance, but from deep inside in a way that overcame his own grief. Didn't wipe it out but it overcame his own grief and moved him to others. Now, an admission. I have often believed that Jesus was moved into his ministry by God and that there were events that opened up Jesus more and more to what it, God, what it was God had, him to do, had for Jesus to do. And I think this is one of the examples of that growing and expanding heart of Jesus that brought him not to the temple alone in a moment of grief or sorrow, but into the lives of others with compassion. Perhaps that surprised him. As I think of it, in the second banquet and the stories of the others, compassion is always there. Matthew 15, 32 through 39. Jesus has been teaching the crowds all day, and as evening nears, the disciples tell Jesus, they got to go get some food. We don't have any food. It's getting late. Send them away. And Jesus says, no, you, give them something to eat. It was a meal like the ones we share here, the ones we share with each other, the changed body and spirit time and again. But what is most interesting to me is that that second version Immediately before that, Jesus encounters the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman. She comes to him while he's dining. You know the story. And she says to him, Master, Lord, 
my daughter is sick. Could you please heal my daughter? Now, Jews and Canaanites and Syrophoenicians, that slash between them, didn't get along. And Jesus basically says to her, hey, listen, woman, I'm here to tend to my own, not the dogs. And in fact, this is what the text says. He replied to the woman, it is not right to take children's bread and toss it to their dogs. And instead of saying, well, let me tell you, she says, yes, but even the dogs eat crumbs that fall from their master's table. And the story says that Jesus answered her, woman, you have great faith, your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, there isn't a person, I don't think, who reads this, who doesn't see Jesus, reads the New Testament, who doesn't see Jesus as a sympathetic and empathetic figure. And it's natural to sort of be jarred by this. And I think we're supposed to be jarred by this. It's where the title of the sermon, Comeuppance, a little bit hard, I think, comes from. But in some ways, actually, I think in big ways, Jesus was upbraided by this. The persistence and the faithfulness of that woman broadened Jesus' ministry. Out of compassion in a surprising way that perhaps even surprised Jesus himself. It was something he did not expect would happen when he sat down at the table to dine. Now, have any of you here ever sat down at the table to dine with any children or grandchildren or cousins and had something happen that you didn't expect? <laughs> Sometimes change things in a big way, too. The evidence of the suggestion for me is that Jesus was moved in what directly follows that I referred to, the feeding of those 4,000 with a clear rebuke to the disciples, no, do not send them away to get something to eat. You feed them. In all the synoptic gospels, there are about 24 parables, only four appear in all three. They are the sower and the seed, the mustard seed, the parable of the vineyard workers, and the parable of the faithful servant who stays awake. Of the 30 healing stories and miracles, only four appear in the synoptics and John with variations. Only four appear in all of them. And the feeding of the masses is one of them. So this is an important message. Compassion is a core tenet, more than a construct or an idea, but a deeply rooted human and spiritual component of who we are, and it is there for a reason. It is simply what the world needs. We write about it, we talk about it, we sing about it. You know this one? What the world needs now is love, Sweet love, what's the next line? That's the only thing that there's just too little of. We sing about these things. We tell stories. I don't know if Jesus sang, probably had a good voice. Probably did. Jackie DeShannon did when she brought that in 1965. It was a number one hit. Now that doesn't make me a flower child. Or maybe it does, in fact, I hope it does. 
Does it matter really that the story varies from gospel writer to gospel writer? That there are different variations or themes about love? Nah. And the reason compassion gets so much attention, I think, is that we are all made to proclaim and seek it for ourselves, not search and destroy for the benefit of a few. I don't often tell stories about my mother, you may have noticed, and I love her dearly. The reason I don't tell stories is because I know she listens to these sermons. <laughs> Hi, Mom. And I wasn't always the easiest kid, so I don't want to start any of the, let me tell you a story about Raymond. Do any of you do that when your children visit and there's friends around? Let me tell you what he did or she did when... Please don't do that. Don't do that. It's not cool. It's not cool. My mom remains a faithful Roman Catholic. And she knows of my struggle with the church, which I eventually left because of its lack of inclusion of women in leadership, gay folk, divorced folk, the list goes on. But no indictment. I left because I needed to leave. Still, every now and then, as if hoping for the prodigal son to return and maybe to affirm her reasons for remaining in hopefulness, mom will call me and say, did you hear what the Pope said? <laughs> now, I like Francis, or as some of my, some of my friends call him Frankie. I like him. <laughs> He's a man of deep compassion, and that kind of compassion is the gift of the Spirit, one that can move you in directions you never expect. And he's open to the movement, even in the midst of enormous containment of that church. Now, in many ways on the world stage, when I think of individuals with great compassion, he is one that comes to mind. And I'm glad for that, because it gives me comfort, and it gives many others comfort, and hopefulness, and even more. It encourages me to read some of what he writes and listen to what he says with an interpretive lens, but nonetheless often helpful. So again, in this morning's reading and others like it, we are reminded of how important it is to see the world through compassion and all of its synonymous meanings. It appears that the thing we are seeking that opens up the universe to us as the human family of sisters and brothers is what I heard in those lyrics in 1965 at 14 years old trying to figure out what in the heck was going on. And the rest of the lyrics go like this. Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. Lord, we don't need another meadow. There are cornfields and wheat fields enough to grow. There are sunbeams and moonbeams enough to shine. Listen, Lord, if you really want to know what we need is love, not just for some, but for everyone. Not just for some, oh, but just for everyone. Friends, compassion moves us, not the other way around. It moves the ministries of this congregation and the interactions of our lives with each other and those we've yet to meet. It brings us to the table. And on Wednesday, we will be at one of those tables 
that we know so well here at Sable Congregational United Church of Christ. When a refugee family is with us, which Jeannie will talk a little bit about later in the announcements, and we will sit and we will gather with them as a community, and we'll honor World Refugee Day, but more we will honor the compassion that moves us together for others who need us closer, not further away. Compassion. Good enough for Jesus? Good enough for us. A setting and a seat at the table? You bet. Not just for some, but for everyone. And if that's a comeuppance, bring it on. Amen?